Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Living the Dream Studios. D-Boy and Spencer Shea are back. What's happening, fellas? Yo, yo. What's poppin', man? A whole lot is popping. Um, today is obviously a monumental day, which we'll get into here very shortly in regards to the Derek Chauvin verdict. Um, and then it's a whole lot more popping. Uh, I got a few announcements to make here. For starters, still commentating. I had an extended season. Usually my college basketball season is like jam-packed because I'm calling games for three different teams from November to March, but... Hashtag professional game spitter. Hello. (laughs) Hello, but, you know, obviously only the Division I schools were clear to play initially um, and and basically have their regularly slated season. A lot of games were canceled due to COVID, but they were able to play their season out, and now you have the Division IIs, the junior colleges, in my case the Division Threes over at Pacific University that were cleared to start playing in late March. So calling games over there tomorrow, the 21st, I'll be calling a women's game. It'll be Pacific versus Warner Pacific, who's here in Portland. And then this weekend, they'll be playing against our old rivals, Linfield. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll be commentating the men, the women's and the men's games on Saturday against Linfield. Also, just dropped a Street Roots podcast. I was able to have... Jed Perriott, who is an organizer for Street Watch LA, and we got to talk about the sweeps that are taking place or that took place at Echo Park Lake, which received like national coverage. Um, it, it, it was essentially like a military operation to be able to get those homeless folks who are, you know, camping out at Echo Park Lake out of there and they like fenced it off and they claimed that they got a bunch of repairs that they got to make so on and so forth and it was a pretty big deal the police used some crazy tactics to get them out out of there and we got to talk about all of that so check out the Street Roots podcast it's the other podcast that I host um huge thanks to Gary Payton II coming on to the last episode my brother um for those of you that got to listen you got to see that he and I obviously Got a little bit of history together. He, um, we played on the same AAU team in high school. What team? We were called the Gary Payton Gloves. It was his dad's sponsored AAU team. That's actually a very hard name. Yeah, we were called, the, <laughs> we, were called we were called the GP Gloves. Yeah. Um, we wore Seattle Supersonics colors. <laughs> yeah. That's we were our, I mean, green, I mean, white, and yellow. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't my preferred choice of uniform, yeah, but yeah. I understood why conceptually, of course, and. Uh, we were a pretty good team, as we talked about some of our crazy memories as AAU crazy teammates. Crazy-ass coaches. Oh, man. Crazy-ass coaches. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the story of D. Smitty taking our team off the court in the championship game was oh, like nuts. Um, we had just beat Lamar Odom's team, Team Odom, and they were like stacked back then. They probably had everybody on their team, maybe except for a guy or two, went Division One. They had at least four or five guys that ended up going to the league. And, and we upset them in a real way Damn. and uh, ended up playing in the championship game of that tournament. We're up 10, and uh, Coach D. Smitty didn't like how the refs were calling the game. He calls a timeout and says, 
We're wrapping it up. We're out of here. That is bananas. <laughs> wow. Nobody like him. Nobody wow. like him. Nobody like him. It's funny because I'm looking at all of these videos that are circulating nowadays. Like I saw Bradley Bill recently have a video where he was talking to his AAU team, the lecture his right? AAU yeah. team. Um, Darrell Wright, who we had here on the podcast, he has his own AAU team. So I saw him. You know, and, and some folks who record speeches of him talking to his AAU teams. But I tell you, man, these kids got it so easy right now because, A, there's nothing like a cussing out from Gary Payton. A. As your sponsor, B, AAU, your comments, NBA people guy. were saying that that coach was their favorite coach. Oh, he was a great coach. <laughs> But he was a nut. <laughs> hey, dude, they were up 10 before. Listen. was saying that he was a favorite coach. I couldn't believe De- it. Derek Smith, listen, he was a complete nut. Like, he... You're like, like such a great coach. He never listen, he never zigzags and under pressure. Never does anything crazy. Listen, he was crazy, but he had us so right. Like, he knew the game. He had us, like, disciplined in a way where, like... We play, even though we had, it was a talented team, like, we played like we were a high school program. So, in AAU, where you kind of got guys who are just kind of trying to go out and showcase themselves night in and night out, we had enough talent to be able to compete with those guys, even though some of them may have had bigger names than we had, and we were so disciplined, and we were so structured, and we played so hard that we were beating the teams, like I said, Team Odom being one of them, that we just were not supposed to beat. So he was good in that regard. He got the most out of us, but boy, <laughs> his wordplay, oh my God. Like he he would totally be canceled. And he would go viral, first and foremost, because of the the, the time period that we're in today and the shit that he used to say. He'd 100% go viral and he'd 100% get canceled and probably never be able to coach AAU again. For sure. He was a nut. For sure. Yeah, he was a nut. Sure. I can't even say, and oh, this is a podcast, I can't brother. even I've say. I've heard what he said. I listen. can 100,000 and million percent oh, man. tell you, oh, he would be canceled, frowned upon, and definitely wouldn't right, be well, coaching no use. You're sport. definitely going to have to tell me what he, some of the stuff he's oh, yeah. Yeah. on the podcast. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but but yeah, super crazy. Um, but let's talk about today, man. No need to pull any punches. Um, the Derek Chauvin verdict, he was charged as guilty on all three counts. It was, what, second-degree murder? third-degree murder, as well as manslaughter. Um, and react, fellas. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't know from where the quote, I where it came from, but my friend uh, Madeline, she's like, you know, she always stays tapped in. And she right. Kind of uh, earlier today, she was just rattling off, like, headlines and, and just sort of reactions from the, uh, uh, um, the verdict. And somebody said something to the effect of, like, you can't really call it justice because justice implies some sort of like like restitution uh-huh. of sorts, and uh, I really thought that was like poignantly put because you know it a, a man a man was murdered wrongfully, and a, and the man that did that was charged in due process under the strictures of the judicial system as you know we we have it set up, I, you know for what it's worth great but. There's obviously still the sentencing, so you don't really know how it's going to go in that way, but it's like, ultimately, it's like, 
you, you, you kind of, I think everybody sort of looks at that. And after all we have been through as, you know, a, 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 a world, country and a world. A country yeah, and a world. <laughs> it's like everyone's kind of just going, okay, good. Like, yeah. great. Now what's next? Absolutely. Like, what's your thoughts, D-Boy? For me, even though, quote unquote, justice was served today, um, it was harder for me to really digest than any other time in between um, when this terrible tragedy first occurred and, um, you know, today when the verdict was read. And I think a lot of it is because this really wasn't an accomplishment. And I feel like when you celebrate something, you celebrate an accomplishment. And I really don't feel like this was any step further than we've been. I, I think it truly was a sense of the world made more noise than probably ever before with the fact of how George Floyd went out, the pleading, the calling for his mom, the blatant disregard for human life. Um, we've seen cops, sh you know, shoot quick and, but this was, this was true strangulation. We watched the man go from having life to become lifeless. So where the, the justice system is still set up so disrespectfully wrong and, and foul, um, I don't think this proved any betterment in that issue. And I heard you speak earlier on a platform where it, it didn't it doesn't make you feel any safer to see the police in your rearview mirror or have an encounter with a police. It damn sure as a hell don't make me feel no safer. So when you know that that the feeling of being a black man still comes with the same thing today and tomorrow as it did before this verdict was read. It, it it just it wasn't celebratory to me for sure yeah no definitely i hear you and yeah i was on trt world news earlier and i'll probably be posting that segment here pretty soon but it was interesting because you know the presenter the the, the anchor the reporter he did ask me you know personally do you feel safe and of course i told him no because i don't think that this was a matter of the system is changed I do think that a, that a decision was made today where the justice system was on the right side of history, and that's an occurrence that we don't see often. And it's something that I do think that people can celebrate in regards to this and this only. Like you said, the noise that was put up, the uncomfortable conversations that were had, um, you know, obviously the uprisings that took place across the world. More than I've seen in my lifetime. Absolutely. Sure. It, it at least made all of that feel a little bit more worth it. Does it compare to the fact that George Floyd lost his life? Absolutely not. Does it compare to all the trauma and all the triggers that we've had to deal with and are still going to deal with beyond the decision in that verdict? Absolutely not. But for the way that the world did stand up in regards to this, it was almost a scenario where you saw the world at large not take no for an answer or not accept no for an answer because of everything that we put up in regards to, again, not taking no for an answer. So that's where I think people should be a little bit rejoiceful and be able to kind of celebrate just in the sense that we know that not taking no for an answer is the way that things have to be 
going forward so that hopefully this can be a foundational and a monumental moment in the sense that if we continue to not take no for an answer and we continue to create awareness and we continue to hit the streets and we continue to use our platforms and we continue to have these uncomfortable conversations in our workplaces amongst our our friends, our family, and so on and so forth, hopefully we can build off of the verdict that took place today and be able to not take no for an answer. So every single time that the opportunity presents itself going forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, like you're going to start seeing, I think more just like you say, you know, the justice system being on the right side of history. I mean, I don't even think that it's necessarily coming from a good place. It's really just like people are going, well, now we kind of have to start selling out these cops and these politicians and other any realistically affluent white people that the justice system is set up for to protect. To, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that's the only real way that I think it's going to change in the sense that, like, police have to be held accountable and, and really jammed up in, in the law. Because until they go, oh, well, these laws that I have been, you know, quote unquote, enforcing and have been living my life under that are set up for me who are totally decimating whole communities once that starts actually affecting them in the way that it should at, on an objective level then maybe you'll start to see people be like huh maybe we should change the way that we enforce law maybe we should change the way that we you know adjudicate it's like it's pretty simple to me but you know i don't know we'll, we'll see I, like i said for me i'm just like okay you know let's let's see what's next because you know, you'll see a lot of people bluster and, and what did what was celebratory you know. that made me feel better was the clip that's going around seeing his family yeah. when the verdict was read. If anything, that touched my heart. Yeah. Because if they felt rejoiceful about it, then damn sure I can. Absolutely. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, Absolutely. And that's really what what I would say really touched me the most in a positive way out of this whole thing. But as I look, it's like we want reform and all of this, but it's like, it sounds far-fetched to me, but I just want people to do their damn job the right way. Like, it's not that hard to to know when you're going too far into these, to know that you're taking on a job where a wrong mistake could lead to life and death. Like, the, these are things that are common sense firsthand with what you're doing. And so it's just hard to keep knowing that the same week that we get a verdict like this, we hear that somebody mistaken a taser for a gun, which we yeah, heard in an Oscar Grant thing that hits home for a Bay Area native as such as us. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Me remembering uh, the, the, the whole movie of that being played out and how much that the Fruitvale station, the BART station incident. Right. And so that was the same thing. And that's, what, 2009? Yeah, Two, but... Two thousand. It's like... That's what I want. Just but, but here's the thing to that. Like, I agree with what you're saying in the sense that what's the old time saying that they say common sense is it so common. And I think you're coming from a common sense perspective right now. But if I had to just give a little pushback, the only thing that I would say is based on the history of policing, not based on common sense based on what policing is rooted in and what it is founded in and what it was meant to be from its inception they are doing the right thing because that's what the system wants the police to do. You're talking from a common sense level, but 
when we see these things that our common sense would tell us are absolutely wrong and they're absolutely fucked up, the system says otherwise. So that's where I think you got to really have the conversation is, of reform. But what I'm saying and, and is we're so sort. desensitized to the mistake of it. Like we're really talking about life and death here. Yeah. So again, with all of the names that we see, we, I mean, from the platforms of the NBA and people wearing it on their jerseys and just all of the social media names and faces that we've seen in my whole lifetime, 30 years, this much noise has not been made until we seen nine minutes of somebody being Absolutely. strangled to death. And Absolutely. that's what I'm more so speaking to the fact that we are so desensitized to just shooting or a mistake being made within the system that that's not what is it that's not about common sense right there that's about rip from the top down like this is unacceptable and this is the noise that has to be made every time and yeah. i think this will be you know, the result but it shouldn't have that's what i'm saying hurt so bad that for this much noise in these conversations that I saw in the past year during the pandemic, it took for a lot of people to be at home, slowed down with life, and it took for a strangulation to go viral cohesively at the same time. Yeah. Something that we, that's two things we'll probably never see in our lifetime again. It's cohesively. You know what I mean? But we've seen that. And so I think that's what warranted so much of but it's like justice really what it's not i mean the right side of the fence is that yeah that the, the the decision that was made was supposed to the dude was flat out guilty but that wasn't like a heroic celebration thank like it's like no, you no, got damn you right what right we thing. just watched like we knew that Last March, that this was the you know, or Absolutely. April, or whatever you yeah, know, film May. Don't lie. We, film like, don't lie. we knew that and <laughs> knew that in May. That's, yeah, and that's all I'm saying. A Absolutely, and, and and that's and I tweeted that. That was the first thing that I tweeted after was film don't lie, and, and it had me thinking about. You know, obviously, this is a sports podcast, and we've all played sports at a high enough level to know how important film is for that exact reason from a sport lens. The concept is the exact same when it comes to police brutality right. or anything else across the board. And I was even thinking about Damian Lillard earlier this week, totally unrelated, but again, nice. comparing concepts here. Earlier this week, Damian Lillard was on Jalen and Jacoby. And one thing that I hear Damian Lillard and I see him tweeted a lot, I hear him say it a lot, is that a lot of people that are decision makers or have opinions on the sport of basketball are people that don't really watch basketball. And earlier this week when he was on Jalen and Jacoby, he was having the conversation with them as they basically told him to give his MVP pitch and why he should be the MVP. And again, he said, because I watch a lot of basketball. And the reality is when I'm watching these games, the other players that folks are saying should be getting the MVP award or maybe more deserving than me, they're not being guarded and they're not being covered the way that I am. I got two guys coming to double me and pick me up at half court and I'm still killing it. So it's the way that I'm doing it that if people just watch the game, you could see clearly where I differentiate myself as a player from that of all of these other the, all these other players in the MVP conversation. And like I said, I ultimately say all that to say 
It all comes down to the film. <laughs> it all comes down to the film. If you just watched yeah. that eight minutes and 46 yeah. seconds, there's nothing. there was nothing that could tell you that Chavan or none of the other three officers were justified for what took place in George Floyd's life. Be, it I, didn't need to go. It, it, it starts, it stops, and it ends there as well. Like I still don't even like the title or whatever his main charge was. I don't like the fact that it's a maximum of 40 years. That still don't sit well for me. Yeah. What, what we just saw, again, that's not the right side. It should have been you are staying in jail or prison until you can get strangled on your last day of life type yeah, he'll, shit. He'll like, probably be PC'd up. I'm just saying, <laughs> oh, do you yeah. get what I mean, though, when you say <laughs> your, maximum, your maximum charge holds a maximum of 40 years and you're a cop and this is in Minneapolis? Like, I, I'm thinking 15 on good behavior, 20. Yeah, no doubt. He'll get out. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like the fact that Maybe because three charges are stacked up might extend that. But like I said, like he said, we still haven't got to the sentencing part. Like, I'm yeah. not all the way sold that right. this was the right charge for him considering what we've seen. It still devalues life and it slaps in the face to me too, too hard. Yeah. No, I feel you. Like I said, hey, there's no way that I can argue against that. Um, but, oh, but rest in peace, George Floyd. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Rest in peace to all victims of police murder because there's such a long list of them. Um, and, and obviously, we've heard you know folks say a lot of names throughout this last year. You know, after the moment that we saw with George Floyd, um, obviously Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. The list goes on. And, and I was I was thinking about it, bro. Like. I, I, I was driving today and I was thinking like without him even knowing it because I, I seen Stack post about you know how he changed the world and everything and I, I was thinking like very biblical like like he was that was a sacrifice that he might not have even knew going out that he was going to ruffle these kind of oh, feathers yeah. and change the world I do ultimately think he did bring change no matter how it came he brought some uncomfortable conversations he exposed a lot of things and like i said ultimately he he created more noise than i've seen in my lifetime and i I think it was quite necessary it just didn't have to be necessary the way that it happened no i agree i i agree 100 percent, man so again rest in peace to george floyd prayers to his family um again i think you hit it on the nail And we'll talk about this later on in regards to another topic, but you hit it on the nail because I did see the clips of his family celebrating um, in regards to the guilty verdict. And for me, if if they can celebrate it, we all should be able to celebrate it, Um, even if it's just for a day, because... Clearly, I, you know, I've said this before on here. I've said this before on news platforms. This is a lifetime fight. So right. so buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, because uh, this is a lifetime fight. This I'm is jacket. not, you know, today didn't end the fight. Today isn't like, like, don't expect today to be a pivotal change. I, I, it can be a pivotal change, but don't expect to see that change tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. Give it some time because we're still going to go through a lot. It, it could be, it can definitely be a, a moment. Like I said, it's a huge, it's a big, it's a monumental mm-hmm. moment. Um, we're in a time period right now where a lot of legislation mm-hmm. and police accountability conversations are happening and I we'll agree. hopefully start to see more laws put in place. So I, I, that's where I do celebrate is that I do have hope from today's verdict that it could be, you know, like I said, the foundational piece to to some real quality change. Um, but the work's not done. It, it will never be done because there's just so much history to attempt to atone for that it probably won't happen. So, um, yeah, again, rest in peace, George Floyd. Let's talk about some hoops, fellas. Let's lighten it up a little bit because we'll still get back into some tougher conversations later on, obviously. You know, DMX passed away. Yeah. Black Rob passed away. And I don't want to keep it sad. I want us to liven up a all bit. Right. So let's talk about Steph Curry. <laughs> the greatest shooter of all time. Probably the greatest point guard of all time, pound for pound, realistically. Pound, we, we pound get, for pound, I'll give it to you. Weakest dancer on the court, if you ask <laughs> Lewis Bell. Oh, my God. Ask Lewis Bell. Yeah, did you, have you ever seen the Lewis Belt clip? Uh-uh. Lewis Belt did a clip, and I, I'm going to give He's the joke nut. away. I'm going to give the joke away, but even though you can find the joke on YouTube as well, and Lewis is much funnier, but essentially the joke was, he, he you know, Steph Curry was in the crowd. It was a Boogie Cousins comedy show. Um, this was at the time Boogie was on the Warriors, so you got all the Warriors players that comes to the comedy show, and Steph Curry's in the front row, and Lewis Belt, you know, he like, hey, Steph Curry's in here. Like, that's dope. He said, I ain't going to lie, though. Steph Curry is really legitimately the first mixed super, uh, mixed superstar. He said when he play, he he hoop, he got the swag like an N-word, like a black man, essentially. And when he shoot, he shoot like a black man. But then when he run down court, the white side come out of him because he just started <laughs> hopping around and oh dancing. And Lewis started kind of like dancing like him and that's imitating right. his celebrations, essentially. And he was like, that's when you see the white side come out of Steph Curry. <laughs> his game is black, but his celebrations are, are cheesy man. as heck. Stop, so man. that was the premise of the joke. But Lewis Belt performed it a whole lot better than I just told it right there. But nonetheless, man, I mean... Pound for pound, I would say he's the greatest of all time. Um, I've been seeing Stephen A. talk a lot about actually Kyrie Irving and how Kyrie Irving is his favorite player to watch. And he essentially said Kyrie Irving is the greatest show in basketball. And I understand what he was trying to say from the sense that Kyrie Irving is so magician-like. You know, with his handle, with his ability to finish. Obviously, he can score on all three levels. Steph Curry. Great player. Steph Curry, man. Must see TV. There is not a better show in basketball than Steph Curry. And, And here's the main reason why. The Warriors aren't even that good right now. Like, even on a losing team, you still want to watch <laughs> just this. Keep it with it. They weak. It's They're good. bad. They're not a good they team. They're, they They're wouldn't make the playoffs roster. this year if it were not for it's a play format. If it weren't and, for a play really, format. And really, it's not they fought. It's like they... The guys that do have names on there is really under fucking achieving. Under besides Steph, Wiggins, yeah. Wiggins, bunk, Ubre, yeah. bunk. Yeah, like they've been bunk for them, bro. Draymond I thought Wiggins can't was shoot a superstar. No more. Yeah, Draymond, like, he was supposed to be. I thought he was he like was a, a first. Was he the first pick in the draft? Bro, I thought Wiggins, Wiggins was a yeah, star. No, he was a number right. one pick. Bro, yeah. He bunk. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm sorry. Mean, I but, mean, I hate to hate on my guys, but but here's the thing: shit. I remember when Kyrie was on the Celtics, ain't my team, and his game was the same. 
but they weren't playing that great. And I feel like his interest was not even close to that of the interest of Steph Curry playing for a team that is not that good and essentially not a playoff team in a regular playoff format. He's got a chance. I think there'll be a play-in team. They might be able to do something in a playing game because with Steph Curry, I feel like you always got a chance in that kind of scenario. But I've never seen a show like threes in a game like his four threes. Like, he does that. Like, nine to ten threes is normal for his stat line. That is stupid. That's and crazy. And I'm not talking about like on 23 threes. No. It'd be like nine <laughs> no, for like he's 15 a type he's, shit. Yeah, yeah, he's like a 45% like, three-point that's shooter. Dumb, bro. <laughs> that's dumb. That's why it's like when you say, when Stephen A says, oh, Kyrie's the you know, greatest show in basketball. It's like Kyrie and Steph Curry are so comparable in their handles, in their, you know, a, a lot of their game. Yeah. You just, I mean, Steph drops and, I, bombs. and I told, I told, I told he drops Devar- bombs. bombs I told it's Devar- like home, on, it's the equivalent uh, to home runs in baseball Nukes, I told I told Devar- <laughs> on the um on the phone the other day I was like with how this no discredit to Dame it's like with how fucking good and electrifying and dope Dame is it's like he's known to 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 finish Dame time is solidified yeah in in how when it's not the threes in the late time like how Dame is getting his money is first step, head down, I'm driving and finessing. Yeah. Steph Curry will dribble your ass, shake your ass, He's rock you into yeah. it. And it, like it's just, and then even the after, whether it's the giddy up shit he be doing or whatever, that's still all a part of the entertainment aspect where Dame is more. I'm giving you the same face every time. But you know what? Also you know what I mean? And he's not Curry. wrong for that, but that's just all a part of that Showtime TV. And I think you'll be able to respect this because I agree with you 100% in regards to just how, just the showmanship of his game and his skill set in itself. But the attraction he draws is like that of an artist who not only gets credit for making great music, like their music is popped off, but also when they walk in the room and you just feel that superstar presence because of the swag, the outfit, the Prince effect, you yeah. know, the, the, and what I, I mean by that, Drake and what NBA. I mean that, yeah, absolutely, and what I, exactly, and right? that's, that's the point Drake I'm getting NBA, at, bro. and that's the point I'm getting at, because even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, you're looking to see oh, what man. is he going to do to get the yeah, ball in yeah. his hands, and then when he gets it, what is he going to do and with it? It's just like not even from every the, step he takes is a superstar. <laughs> From the time he enters the arena, yeah. his warm-up His warm-ups, absolutely. Yeah. Everything, like, this is all a staple. This is Showtime TV, and when you have all them elements, and why I say to Drake, because four, five, six years ago, you would try to look for a reason to hate on Steph and say he ain't this or he ain't. Yeah, you, you can't. He Get shut it all that can't, down. It's, can't no, do it's it. nothing now. You can't <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You tried to right. do the light skin thing. You tried to do the too little. You tried to do no MVP, ha- no, no finals MVPs. You, you can't yeah. do nothing. It's Steph do it. Curry yeah. world. It's, yeah. it's his world. We're it's, all just living in it. And you just, and yeah, the damn compared. If if Steph Curry didn't exist, Dame Lillard would be a mega superstar. 
But yeah. I don't agree. I don't think Steph is in his way. They're just too. Like I said, Dame got the music and that, like it's just he got too the TSO deal now no, with I the watches. But it's all, but it's the, all like, about the game at the end of the day. And that's Steph, what I'm saying. Steph brings a more show showtime game. It's no knock on the talent. Yeah, it's just or the you're ability. Get the same face whether Dame do like the most you're gonna get from him is this. The way. The way. That's the most. Yeah. Other than that, it's the same face. No matter when, celebratory, lose, mad, happy, where, like I said, you're just getting all of the extra salt and pepper with, with Steph Curry <laughs> Steph doing. Just, he commands a room. It's season. Yeah. He commands a room. It's season. He commands a room like nobody's business. And like you said, Dame has all the talent and all the ability but Dame doesn't command the room the way Steph does, nor does he try to. Come on, but they, it, they he whole just family is marketing. Yeah, the, he commands the room. His wife is mentioning raps yeah. and shit. Yeah. It's like yeah, this they, is the show yeah. right here, bro. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Command, like, he yeah. commands the room. Yeah, Steph no, Curry just yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just who he that, is. That that boy is special. Yeah. He's special, man. With that said, who's the MVP right now? I know this is a a, a very fluid conversation. That we're going to continue to hear until the award actually gets announced and things can change tomorrow. But today, I mean, 420. I can't call it, but... I say Damian Lillard. Realistically, yeah. And that's not just homerism. I genuinely believe Damian Lillard... he is the most valuable to his team. He's the most valuable player to his team. But the award has never been... But it's given like that. that. So no, I know. And I, you know and, I, and I think it should always be. I always wanted to... Let's, let's have that conversation real quick. The most valuable player, you're saying it should go to the most valuable player to his team. But it's a league award. Shouldn't it go to who the most valuable player is in the league? If that, it'll be LeBron every year. My, I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Monetarily <laughs> and otherwise. Uh, yeah. The most valuable player. <laughs> yeah, no, that, guy moves know, yeah. that guy moves to your city. That guy moves to your city. That's why I think it's, set, it's to your team because... We it don't want to see that. It would have been Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> and, and LeBron. LeBron would have been the only MVP three MVPs the last thirty years. That's what it would have been. <laughs> that, like that's what it would have been, bro. For yeah, sure. No Vince Carter might have got in there that one year that he just would killed it. Like he, Maybe. I'm saying, it just may, as yeah. the his bro, his jersey was number one selling. The dunk was the he craziest. Went like he went off. He that had year. that year, and it's a regular season you award. You gotta think about it. Down to the shock shoes, that was the biggest shoe in the game. And they had them goddamn commercials. Remember that? Remember that? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't remember. But it was an Adidas yeah, commercial, bro. I think. Where yeah, it was like court squeaking. It was crazy. That, that was made into a beat. Yeah, bro. Bro, I remember that. <laughs> all of that was yeah. all marketed really around Vince. It was Nike. It was shocks. It was Nike shocks. So it was just all of that. You feel me? But I say all that to say. It's to the team. And that way you could do that, where it's somebody different every year. And, most valuable to your team. And that's the point that Damian Lillard was making that I alluded that, to earlier. Yeah. I was just talking about it in regards to the film, not lying. But Dame was essentially saying, like, I'm doing this and I'm being guarded pretty much double teamed the entire game. I'm being guarded. I'm, I'm, tempo from I'm drawing more attention line. than anybody. I mean, from the half court line. Yeah. yeah. Really that's correct. Like, if line. you think about it over a time span, like, that adds up. When yeah. most people is literally, I watch Schroeder walk across the half court and yeah. damn near don't get picked up till the three. Yeah. When you got to elude that much from the, like, I'm talking about either blow by or have legs to pull up. And that's the reason he's going to do one or two And that's the reason time. he thinks he should be the MVP. And, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah you, interesting, <laughs> interesting stat, though. Steph Curry, 
like regularly and in most of his career has led the league in miles ran on the court. Did so Steph Curry he is moving. But that's what that goes to what he said earlier. Steph Curry is more of a what is he gonna do to get the he'll shake you off the ball and yes. run all the way yeah. across the baseline and to get the ball. He's so fun to watch when he doesn't have the ball. That's what in his I'm hands. getting at. You so feel me? Good. So I can see that. But again, Steph Curry missed a lot of the first half of the season, right? Something like that, didn't he? Because I would say him. He's near, played but. enough. He's played enough to be in the conversation. I, I think. If you're not a player, I think the record. You're not getting yeah, I was about I, to I say. I think he, the record's not good but, enough. For and Steph that's why Curry. I said I don't think he and played Dame's enough. And record if is. He played enough. Their record will be there. Yeah. They've beaten some elite teams lately. That's true. Like but, he's, numbers, but he's playing out but of this. He would have been playing out of this world. He's like averaging like 45 or something. He's having a better season than when he won unanimous MVP. Essentially, I mean, in terms of and that's all I'm saying is that he just haven't played enough because I. I think this would have been the trend for him this year. So with that being said, because he didn't play enough, I feel like to really just solidify that, it has to be Damian Lillard. And I'm going to ask y'all, if not Lillard, who? They're going to give it to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Yeah, the league loves him. His package is nuts. They're the number one team in the Eastern Conference, yeah. and he has no served night in and night out. Yeah. But he missed a, he missed a decent he amount hurt. of games. He got hurt, a lot he got hurt but two. when he's playing, but again, he is unstoppable. He's been he's been unstoppable. We don't watch him a lot because he's an East Coast. It's an East right. Coast team. Right. We see a lot more Lillard, but I think MVP we hear Lillard name more league noise. But what about Joker? No, nah. because Joker's got the numbers. Joker this team has the better but, but record. Joker will have numbers and then he'll hit for fourteen or something. Dame don't like even on a quiet off night. Dame gonna find a way to 25. put twenty six, twenty eight. Like Joker, Joker right? averaging twenty eight. But that's what I'm saying. But Joker <laughs> averaged twenty eight on some shit where he'll hit for forty eight and then hit twelve <laughs> and he'll drop. You know, off like I mean, I watched him. I watched him go for forty eight without barely lifting his feet off the ground the whole game. <laughs> He's got that six inch bird, man. Sick, He's bro. Here. I watched him. So yeah, it, I think it ain't it gonna be, be Joker. I I I like Dan. It would be a like nice. Dan. It would be a nice. It would be a nice little situation for Portland. I mean, just to have your guy be the MVP. I think you know? it's deserving. Like, yeah. I think out of, out of all, like, it's deserving, bro. His last two All Star appearances been good. Like, it's just deserving in, in more ways. He gets more. better and better and better and better and better, and it's like he's always been so good since he's entered the league. It's yeah. like. How much better can you get? And because he's, he's the guy, rookie of the year. Like he's yeah. never and I love slowed fact, down. <laughs> I love the fact that he's a guy that really seemed like he got the league's respect too. Peers. Not the league as far as the NBA, but he seemed like a guy where if he get that, he'd be like, You damn right. That's Dame. Like I feel like they really rock with Dame. Yeah. Like he he's he, a, because he's burned. Every last one of them. You have to give them yeah. respect. <laughs> yeah. He broke everyone's heart the league yeah. every night. Back, back to what I'm saying. You you felt that. You no, feel me? I, I agree. I, I think it's Dame. I, I definitely think it's Dame. He's just been absolutely hooping. What would that mean for Portland? You're a Portland well, Trailblazer fan. I don't think it means fan. shit for Portland, really. That's I keep hearing that. I, you know, yeah. no, it means something, man. You know, this fan base. <laughs> this fan base. You see how sentimental he got? It does, man. I'm a sick one. Sentimental he got. I love it. It means something, man. What do you mean? What do you mean? It means that something in your city is valuable, man. That's what it means. That's what it means. You, you really? can go to the pawn shop and find that out. <laughs> 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 
Or whatever. It don't mean shit. I don't care. Whatever. I just no, but you're not the first person I heard say that, and I really I think it's a it's dope for Dame, but like. Like, well, I mean, well, it's well, one you, of them things you post the day of in Portland, and then it's like you're not gonna be saying all season like we got the MVP. Like, it, it don't. I disagree a little bit. And the only reason why I disagree is for one, you're a Laker fan, so you you speak from a very privileged place. Yeah, in that no, regard of, of growing up. No, what I like, mean by that what is does growing it do up for the team. Or this, listen, what I'm saying. I'm listen, let you. me talk. Yeah, you yeah. come from a very privileged place in the regards that you grew up with a team that won championships. That dominated. That dominated. Like, 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 like. <laughs> that's not common for everybody all oh. over the place. And then for two, I think it was pretty big when, if, if you look at the more recent. MVPs in a smaller market. I think OKC would be a great example. It was a big deal. And Milwaukee, Russell Westbrook, and KD. He didn't do shit for. All. He was going damn near the next but year. He too. was going. Yeah, I get that. He I'm not saying it's going to catapult them into a champion. I'm saying for the fan base in particular, it it was a it was a huge moment. It meant something, bro. It meant something. Yeah. It, it, like like you remember those think about the kids, no, Steve, you, you said, remember. Don't get in the middle. Kids, you said, what does it do for the city? You didn't yeah, say what true. does it mean. You said what does it do? Well, I mean, it, it, it I, gives I'm them sure a sense of numbers. pride that they don't have that you they, have because you've been a nah, fan of I'm a sure champion. Sure <laughs> no, look at no, but like funny <laughs> shit out, funny shit out. It'll be different if we was talking about somebody else. I, I I have been a Laker fan. I have been privileged in that regard. But I live in Portland and I see. Damian Lillard is embraced like an MVP around this motherfucker yeah, day in yeah. and day oh, out. Oh yeah, it Hands wouldn't bring down. a different level of anything. With that, to me, would it I make feel like he ultimately? Is, I think you even guys more know what you guys would it attract right players to want to come play in Portland no, if Damian no, Lillard wins the MVP? Saying. And no. that's what I was. I still don't know, like, I I know why there. you guys that's, are here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, that's all I mean. Good point. Great point. Great point. Great point. Best thing you said. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. Do we want? Let's. We gotta go to DMX. We gotta go to DMX. We have to go to DMX. Like I said, I wanted to lighten things up, and I think we accomplished that. Spencer, you ended sure, that segment yeah. with a heck of a funny. point. But um, <laughs> rest in peace to DMX. Rest in peace to Black Rob. Um, but but we gotta start with DMX, of course, because <laughs> I seen a janky meme. With the Black Rob thing, man. <laughs> I, I don't even want to talk no, about it. No, it was no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fitting within the shit. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start. What do you, what do, who do you want to start with? Black Rob meme or DMX? DMX. Go DMX. We got to do it. You the DMX. rapper, man. Talk about it. DMX, man. Damn. I, t- to be honest, bro, I hate that. I, I did a lot of digging and dissecting his later... Not, I wouldn't even say post-career, just... We know DMX for the hits that we know DMX for. We can all agree to that. We know what was his big run and stint in music, but it'd be so crazy to me when I'm a West Coast person. I didn't grow up as DMX ever being my favorite rapper or my go-to. That was somebody who, he had his wave. I remember when the Rough Riders are, we had the little fake yeah, change. Like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, all, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was part of nostalgia for sure. So I acknowledge that part, but it'd be so crazy too. Like, even with the song meanings, like we listen to some of this stuff and it's just second date. Like we heard these songs in movies now and hella shit, yeah. but it's like really knowing where these songs was coming from and the meaning and the reality and everything, it was just another 
eye-opening thing to me where it was a learning experience what like you really never know what somebody is going through or went through or how they got somewhere but it it, is again it's appreciate life this is a this is a legend. Like that's not using the term icon. loosely. He's, he's an a, icon. He's, in a, le- like, he's, a, he's a legend icon. and an yeah. icon. You feel me? And so, with that being said, it, like like anybody else, like that, it was it was hard to face the reality of it. But um, again, with with how it happened and him being on life support and him saying that he was in a vegetative state for a week, it kind of allowed me to prepare. To, to to do my research and learn more and know more. And I kind of prepared to know that you really don't come back from that state. And yeah, so yeah. the vegetative you, state, you know, like once you when, when your when your, your brain and your brains stop working on its own, like it's it's literally less than a one percent yeah. chance, I think, to come back from that. So and DMX I, is a fighter, man. So exactly, he, he, he thugged know, it out but, as long as he could. I mean, but that—that's really what I felt. I ne- it's one of them things where I never forget when I where I was when I officially found out. You know, even though we kind of prepared and knew that that was going to be the outcome, and you know, prayers to his family and his kids. He got a lot of them. Yeah, he does. I think of that all the time. You know, what's yeah. your thoughts? I mean, DMX was everywhere. When we were younger, and I'm like, you, I mean, just if you think about, I mean, if I think about like all the amount of music, not just rap, that I've listened to over time, DMX is squarely in there. Like, I'm sure that I've heard DMX's music at least once a month ever since I first heard him. Like, it's DMX. The, the, the feeling that his music gave you when you listen to it, nobody really, I don't think, could can replicate that. He's a one of one. And I really don't think anyone ever did it before him because I mean, you're talking making the 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 most meek of people when they hear I mean, Rough Riders anthem, you know, start going down the list, it just fills you with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like you could just like mm-hmm. Chop From a two, mountain two down. to two hundred years old. It, it touched everybody. Man, I, I heard Joe Button say he was the only rapper that could make grown men bark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of influence. That, that kind of influence. He was yeah. speaking to his influence. You'd be a damn fool anywhere else. Yeah, you're just barking. barking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'm like, yeah, this place Once you wild. finish, please no, go, ahead. go back to me because I want to say something even from a go ahead. point. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Um, I, I start seeing a little bit of stuff circulating um, about how there should be these like groups for artists because of all of the trauma and stress and addiction that they go through in the course of their career we always know about them when they hot and they entertaining us and they touring and they own you know but after that it's a lot of stress and a lot of posts it's kind of like the football players that we hear about that take hits for CTE, all these years CTE, and then after yeah. you know yeah. what i mean it's Once a different we yeah. saw it with but, muhammad ali yeah, yeah and we don't yeah. we don't think about it till it's somebody like junior say or something like that where it's really like one of them effects. names you feel me but even from my perspective of 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 being an artist i could tell you it'd been plenty times where and i i got my vices i like partying you feel me not drug partying but i like drinking, smoking weed, that kind of stuff, right? It's times when you just don't want to do that as an artist. And you feel like that is the recipe to being in a studio. 
and being around people. Yeah. Like, we're take, you know, it's times when you really was like, I wouldn't even own this today, but that's what we doing because that's the that's, environment. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? So imagine a successful career of that when you're talking 10, 15, 20 years and a lot of money where you can afford to do it in bulk. Yeah. yeah. Day after day after night after night. Um, and this could transition into the Black Rob thing eventually, but same thing, to see his physical appearance in his state when he spoke on DMX, you could tell he was going to die in a week. You can, like, it, it looked bad, and it's like, for somebody who did have a charted hit, a big hit, somebody who was a part of iconic stuff... I wouldn't go as far as legend with Black Rob, but yeah, but but he was a part of Bad Boy, he, he was like a part of Diddy. Some iconic yeah. shit. Wall was a hit record, and, and I feel like once you're not relevant, it's easy to get lost in the sauce. But these addictions and these depressions and these vices never go away. In addition to trying to chase a lifestyle that's in a position you was once in that you might not never get. Right? Yeah, like as chasing you, that first high. As you yeah, get older exactly. and shit. And so yeah. I think definitely it opened a lot, that happening back to back opened a lot of current artists' eyes to the fact like, again, we got to check on our OGs. We got to give flowers while they're here. We got to have some kind of group to where we could catch this shit before it's ultimately too late. Right, right. That's really what it was in both and you know, I think and, and and DMX's instance in particular, obviously we talk about it on here all the time. I'm a huge fan. I think Swiss Beats put us all into doing that, being able to get DMX to come out and do a versus where we were actually able to give him his flowers you always talk about people mm -hmm. when somebody dies yeah, mm -hmm. oh y'all didn't give him his flowers For you know sure. yeah. giving him giving him his flowers while he could smell them fortunately uh fortunately we were able to give dmx his flowers when he could smell them um you know by way of him doing the versus event with snoop dogg alongside snoop dogg so that was real cool there but I mean, ultimately, for me in particular, I'm born in 93, as you mentioned, D-Boy. We're obviously from the West Coast. Mm -hmm. To me, DMX was the first rap superstar that I was able to comprehend that he was just that. And, and I say that from a lens of the music. Like, obviously, we had Tupac, who was a rap superstar, you know, back in those days. But I was so young that I knew Tupac more so in regards to his death. I didn't really know too much about his music or his, you know, his acting For ability sure. and his skills sure. in that regard. You was real young. You know I mean? I was so young. You know what I mean? I know now because I'm such a hip-hop fan and it did ultimately get ingrained him? in me. You seen him. DMX, I saw him. This is, this is right after you got uh, you got the Bad Boy and Death Row, Death Row beat. De Death Row beef, you know, the East Coast, West Coast beef, like to me, DMX was that first rap superstar that came after that, and I was able to comprehend it like, whoa, you this is as big as it gets in rap. It doesn't get any you got bigger to see than it this. being a little brother, too. The you see, my teams used to be. Yeah, stop, baseball chants. All of that. Yeah, like, it's baseball exactly, chants, sports chants. I mean, it, it, I, even <laughs> down to it's the first album cover I remember. What, what was the flesh of my flesh? Yeah. Blood of my, when he was yeah. covered in blood on the album cover, like, yeah. 
um, Romeo must die. Like I remember going to work with my dad on bring your kid to work day. Or if it was just some reason I couldn't end up going to school today and I had to go to work with him and I would watch DMX and Romeo must die with a lead. It was like, he was everywhere. And during that time period, I think he was the first artist to like steer us away from that East coast, West coast beef. Because even people on the West Coast was, were able yeah, to appreciate he was some, him. He was some of my friends' favorite rapper. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. So. We we were able to appreciate him as that mega star in rap. So that was kind of DMX's influence on me. So obviously, you know, like I said, I was grateful to see him on Versus. It's unfortunate. What was it, 50, 50 years? 50 on the dot. 50 years old? That's young. That's young. But again, again, again. But he's lived twice as a regular person's life being a rapper. But again, (laughs) again, going back and dissecting some of the more recent interviews, a lot of the signs was there. DMX was a little bit different, though, where he, I think he did constantly try to, addiction is a motherfucker. Yeah. And I think that's testament to that. He was somebody who went multiple times to rehab, and he definitely tried to shake this monkey off his back. It was just that hard. Again, we hear that that was the same kind of situation for Black Robin, that he had like four strokes in the past four years and all kind of shit. But the liver failure, kidney failure, again, what does that attest to? Drinking. Drinking. What what is in the studio every time we in a studio? Bottles. Bottles. So imagine being successful in his career where... That is the recipe to come to work. Bottles and blunts. It's unhealthy. And anything else that somebody else might extend themselves to. Yeah, a lot of drugs do. A lot of rappers. A lot of, that's what I'm saying. We talking on the light side, You got lean, you got white, you got... A lot of mixing. It's It's a lot of mixing. It's permeated in, like, all of, like, entertainment, especially, like... Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many gigs I played where club owners have tried to be like, well, we could just pay you guys in, like alcohol or like you yeah. can just take this yeah. tab yeah. And, yeah. and it's like I know I need money for one yeah, yeah. and number two it's like you just see it's like you like it's that's just the that's what it. you for yeah no well I, I mean I think we had a prime example in regards to that being spoke about here on the podcast with Brian Hooks when he was talking about how dark the comedy space see? is and how yeah. these people come into this space and all it does is amplify whatever it is that you're already going through. It doesn't change it. You just do more of it. And, yeah, right. and you, you know, you exactly. intake more of it. And, exactly. and he definitely talked about that in regards to Hollywood and the entertainment industry. Obviously, he's had a lot of success as a comedian and as an actor. But he, he's totally alluded to that right here on this podcast when he spoke about just you know, the, the the industry of comedy and acting in Hollywood, ultimately. So, mm-hmm. And imagine the real. limelight of, like, not in a good way, but imagine having all of that on you and then battling the fact, again, he spoke in one of his last videos that in between being in and out of the hospital, he's homeless. Yeah, He said, I might have an apartment to go to, which means somebody letting him off and on spend a night or something, but to go from like, whoa, to homeless, yeah, that in itself is enough to drive somebody crazy, let alone everything else that you're battling. So, you know, asking me how I feel about it, that's what I took from it, that as a hip-hop community, when you think about no benefits yeah. as an artist, 
You know what I mean? All yeah. this stuff is really not set. It's not a union. You need a, you need a union like, yeah, almost none of for that rappers. For, it's, and that's what for artists. That's really what's necessary these a days, union. bro. Because it's it's because really it'll a, it'll cover all of that. It'll cover all of that because yep. this is literally a in the moment kind of like like it's that, and then you figure out how to manage your success from ten years ago or twenty years ago or whatever. Because you're always gonna have that name, and people gonna hold you to that pedestal. But you can't always maintain that lifestyle. So I mean, that's what I take from it. Absolutely, man. Well, rest in peace to DMX. Rest in peace to Black Rob. Um, rest in peace to George Floyd once again. Uh, I know we got kind of mortal here today, and we talked about a bit rest of death. Rest in peace to anybody's It was a good show, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely a good show. Y'all got anything else y'all want to touch on, cover? Y'all feeling good? Nah, it was a heavy day. I think that yeah. Yeah. fit yeah, right I mean, here at, I, the, at yeah. the 60-minute mark down there. Yeah, I we think came we, in. You know, we know we had to come in. and Yeah, know, we, had to, so. we had to talk about it. Like I said, for me, it was... Not even not even two hours after the announcement, I, I had to make a news appearance. So, you know, uh, you know, it, it was something that I didn't even really get a chance to fully process, obviously, because it had just happened. But um, at the same time, you know, I, I, I am grateful to be able to have those opportunities to be on those types of platforms, um, to be able to speak on these things and issues um, that I know affect my community and people alike and them to be able to see me as somebody who has the access to these platforms to be able to speak on it, to be able to speak for the demographic and the oppressed people that I do speak on behalf of when I do make these appearances. So I never take it for granted. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a different beast <laughs> for sure. But it's definitely something that I don't take for granted. And, you know, even though I didn't get an opportunity to fully process it, I, I'm always grateful to be able to do what it is that I do and, and try to create the change ultimately that, that I try to create day to day, man. So, you know, it's you know, cool, they're man, using fun. big 18 letter words, the demilitarization of a little, I just, <laughs> what, you call what? what you call he's me? Serious. He's a professional games. Hello. Man. There he is. Hello. Michelle, Cause he went on there and <laughs> just, course. I just, who are you? Yeah. You got, was that, your, was that your first time? Like sitting in on me yes. having a news appearance? Yes. He was, I turned it on. Crazy up, stuff, bro. He, he had to come correct. He's buttoned up. Suit jacket. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. But 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 honestly though, but honestly though, and that's where I say like I've been doing the work. You know what I mean? And it's like I don't know these words just because I'm the smartest guy in the world. I've learned these words and I've gotten to understand this language with the work that I've been fortunate to be able to do. And like I said, I've created change on the policing front even right here, you know, being a part of the whole Portland Street response ordeal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still right now a part of the Unite Oregon Coalition and we're fighting uh, and, and really making sure we're overseeing what's happening in uh, the police contract negotiations that are taking place right now and, and will ultimately take place through the summer. So it's like I'm doing some stuff behind the scenes that most people ain't doing. So, yeah, I can hop on there and I can turn it on and say a word or two. Because I'm doing it. That's all it is. It's nothing, you know. You it, it, yeah, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And like I said, I'm grateful to, to hold the position I hold, in, in, you know, in, in society today. It's cool, man. It's cool. But, yeah, no, it, it was interesting. I think he did see me kind of flip that switch real quick because 
That's what you got to do. That's <laughs> what you got to do. Yeah. On that note, we are going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go, go win. win.